chapter number 12, or thought the Lord laid upon my heart. I was, I was hoping there I wouldn't even get to preach it. So I'm saying somebody didn't mind the Lord. John chapter number 12, let's start in verse number 21 there. We know that Mary's anointed the feet of Jesus. Jesus is fixing to be glorifying the Father really in death. In verse 21 it said, The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida and Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we should see, notice this, Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Or to preach on, this is still your hour, Ordner. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Do you understand that particular scripture, I hope and pray? If you love this world more than you do heaven, guess what? You probably ain't going to heaven. This, this scripture here stumps a lot of folks because he's actually saying, which one do you love the most? Because the one you love the most is the one you're serving the most. I mean, if you've not been faithful to the house of God, then you must love the world more than you love God. Amen. I don't know any other way to put it tonight. If you've not been faithful in reading your Bible and going to church, how can you say you really love God? Amen. You're loving your life here more than you're loving eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Uh-oh, I just said that, didn't I? And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Oh, Lord. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Are you with me? Father, glorify thy name. Woo, could you say that? Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that, notice this, it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world, notice this, be cast out. And I, notice this, and I, if I be lifted up, from the earth will draw all men unto me. Notice this. This he said signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, 
We have heard out, notice this, out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Oh my. Then Jesus saith unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Brother Richard Good, that's the blessing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated. The Lord stirred me with this scripture for a couple of reasons, I do believe. First of all, we need to understand what are we looking at, where our heart is, amen, and what we hold dear. Now listen. He said here in verse number 32, if you'll read there with me, and if I be lifted up from the earth, notice this, will draw all men unto me. Now we know he hung between heaven and earth. That's where he died was on the cross. And we see that the Savior being lifted up was for our atonement. Notice what he said in verse 33. This he said signifying what death he should die. His death for our sins. His death for our sins. Not his sins. Amen. He was sinless. He didn't have no sin. But we do. We do. We certainly do. First of all, let me go back. He said, if I be lifted up. Well, let me ask you a question tonight. Have you kept your eyes upon Jesus? I often wonder when I read the scriptures like this, how many that walked with him, ate with him, slept with him, saw the miracles, eat the bread, eat the fish, and what are they doing right this moment? As he's saying these words, are they looking to the ground or are they looking to the heavens? You know, a lot of times when we realize we've sinned and come short, we look down in shame. And I've often thought about as he was speaking these words, I wonder where their eyes was. And then he said, while you have the light, you better walk in the light. But the trouble of it is they were still in darkness. They weren't truly seeing this light. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but if a voice starts coming out of heaven, I've said it before, it's going to get my attention. You say, not me. Can I say this gently? You're the biggest liar I know. Because when it thunders, it gets your attention. 
And it said some of them heard thunder and some of them heard the voice. Well, I preach every week and some of them hear the thunder and some of them hear the voice. All they say is he is loud and he was long. Amen. They don't truly hear the voice. Why? Because we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus. He said if I be lifted up, hey, have you lifted him up as a Christian? When's the last time you bragged on him? When's the last time you told somebody how good he's been to you? I'm not talking about it, church. I'm not talking about when the Holy Spirit's moving here. I'm talking about outside these four walls. When was the last time you lifted him up? When's the last time you wasn't ashamed to raise your hand and say, Glory to the Lamb of God. I'm talking about with a thunderous voice. Not glory. You done better than that at the ball game when they lost. Much less when they win, right? He said, He's talking to us and trying to get us to keep our eyes on him. Listen, in verse 33, this he said signifying what death he should die. Are you with me? His death was for our atonement. Y'all realize that, right? His death for our sins. Are you with me? Not only that, he's saying, look, this is how I'm going to die. Y'all ain't got the picture yet. They're still looking for fish and bread. Really, they are. They're, they're wanting to see some kind of sideshow. You know, what's he going to do now? I, I, ain't that what they say about church? What are we going to do now? We've had hot dogs and hamburgers and we can't get them to come. We've stood on our head and gargled BBs and can't get them to come. Amen. What are we going to do now? What kind of sideshow? Well, let me tell you something. If the word can't get you, the word can't keep you. Amen. And if this word is not important to you, you are lost, friend. I don't even say you're backslidden. I say you've never, ever known God because this word is holy conviction to the backslider. Are you with me? He's saying, if I be lifted up, are you coming... Along with me? Listen. Do you understand he's saying, I'm fixing to show you something besides a sideshow. I'm fixing to show you something that I have power over Satan. Amen. Because where's he going when he dies? He's going to hell to get the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen. <laughs> I would like to be in a fly on the wall when that light came to that darkness. I'd like to say, listen, you study all the books you want to around the world. Anybody that spends a lot of time in darkness, bright lights hurt their eyes. And you will see them cover their eyes and bow their head. And I thought, as Jesus went to hell... Every demon in hell had to bow its head, amen. He said every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Can't you hear all that confession going on in hell, but it's too late. Too late. When they go to hell, it's too late, folks. We better keep our eyes on Jesus now. Are you with me? Verse 34. The people answered him, 
we've heard out of the law <laughs> that Christ abided forever. And how sayest thou? The Son of Man must be lifted up. Who is this Son of Man? They're looking at him. They're talking to him. They know the miracles he's done. And they're still asking the question, Who is this Son of Man? Do you believe God can take care of your problems? How much do you believe it? We've heard the sister testify tonight how God's touched her body. We know of many who are sitting right here tonight that ought to be dead in hell, but God had mercy and left life in their bodies. And I want to say this, a lot of us, even when we wasn't looking up, when we weren't Christians, amen, God watched over us, kept us safe, allowed life to stay in us when we weren't looking up and praising him. That's the kind of love he has. <laughs> You'll love me if I love you, right? You'll love me according to how many dollars I give you, right? How many hamburgers and hot dogs? Thank you for the good cake, by the way. I ate every bit of it. They might have got a nibble, I doubt it. If they did, they got a crumb. That's a good cake. We ought to be appreciative of things that people do. This man was fixing to die. And they're asking, son of man, who is this guy? Who is this man? They're looking at him. They know what he's done. They know what he's said. But yet, you know, they're walking in darkness because they don't want to believe. A lot of them are standing around right now around this scene don't want to believe because it ruffles their feathers. It goes against the grain of their church religion. Woo, that's a hard one to win, isn't it? Chris, let me give you some good advice, son. It's hard to win one that stayed lost on a pew for 40 years because they think everything's all right. Oh, I go to church. Oh, I pay my tithe. I sing in the choir. Some of them even hold office in church. But they have never, ever met the Son of God in an altar on their knees repenting of their sins. There is not. That's one of the first things I ever asked God. I said, God, give me some words to get them lost so that I can get them saved. Because if you can't get them lost, you'll never get them saved. They'll think, I'm just as good as anybody. They're saying right here in verse 34, the people answered him. Now notice what they said. We have heard out of the law. Bingo. My Bible says. Ain't that what they're saying? We've heard this all our life. This is what the law says. Hello. I wonder how many of them live by the law. But now they're jerking it out, ain't they? How many jerk out the Bible and blow the dust off of it when you want to prove your point? Amen. I mean, we use that scripture, I mean, like a roller deck, right? A little wine for the stomach so I can get drunk. Hey, the, the, <laughs> well, praise God. 
These pot smokers say, well, that's an herb God made. <laughs> I've heard that one. Some of this congregation said that one. <laughs> it's an herb that God made. <laughs> well, let's see you <laughs> smoke a few of the other herbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why are you just narrowing it down to one, right? I mean, we use it for our advantage. Don't say we don't. And here they jerk it out all of a sudden. Well, the law says, right? You know how many people over my lifetime since I've been saved for 34 years has jerked out that card of instant Christianity when it's convenient? Well, my name's on the roll. Well, who's your pastor? Uh, 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 uh. I wish they'd get you up my church and preach. Well, I've been there three times. Where you been? This is true. I've actually had that to happen right here in Marion, North Carolina. People say, I'm going to get them to get you up there. Well, I've been there three times. Where are you? But they'll jerk it out and use it, won't it? The people said, we've heard in the law. Are you with me? Say amen. <laughs> Listen, if Jesus is in your heart as a Christian, there ought to be some enthusiasm there. Why? Because he changed your heart. He changed your way of thinking. He changed your desires. Amen. Am I telling the truth? Say amen. When he saved me, he gave me a different set of desires. He gave me a different joy that I didn't have to get in a bottle or a joint or a pill or a Saturday night on the town. Hello? Why? Because he took sin out of my heart. When light came in, darkness left. And if you are still in the honky-tonk business, you probably ain't saved. If you're still running around drinking like a fish, more than likely you are not saved. Hello, maybe you've never been saved. I can't answer that one. And if you are saved and doing those things, I hope God blisters you from head to toe. Amen. Now, if ye are not his, I hope he whispers in your ear, you're lost. You ain't backslidden. You're lost. You're lost. You've never been saved. I hope he whispers that. And you hear it. I'm talking about we ought to be keeping our eyes on Jesus. You want to borrow my glasses? <laughs> Listen, when he moves in, he empowers us. He gave us power to become the sons of God. Hello, stay with me. Don't make me preach this by myself. Have you got the power? Listen, let me help you. If you have the power of Jesus Christ in your life, you have the power to overcome anything in your life. Now, whether you choose to or not, that's up to you, but you have the power available. Amen. I mean, it's in the refrigerator. It's in the stove. Amen. Uh, Let me just say this. When I was young 
I jumped up one morning. Grandma said, son, you better eat. We got a hard day. And I said, no, Grandma, I'm all right. Well, Grandma knew more than I did. Because she put a couple of biscuits up in the warmer on that wood stove with a couple slabs of sausage in there and tomato already on it. And about 11 o'clock, I went to getting weak need. Oh, y'all ain't never been weak need from working, I know. But my daddy rented me out as a slave when I was young, carrying 40-pound boxes of tomatoes through the field and stacking them on the sled. I got weak need. Grandma said, uh-huh, I knowed you would, boy. I said, my grandma, I ain't going to make it to 1 o'clock for lunch. She said, there's a biscuit down there, go get it. I know where the biscuits was. And I opened that warmer up, and there it was. Sausage on it, slice of tomato on it. Grandma knew. You think Jesus don't know you. He knows if you're hungry or not. He knows if you really have a desire for him or not. He knows if you are a Christian or you're just acting. Oh, sometimes we act so good we fool ourselves. Right? You know, Jesus saved you to enrich your life. Y'all didn't get it. Enrichment of your life means you enjoy it. Enjoy the simple thing. You know, used to, if we wasn't partying and this and that and the other, I didn't have no joy, did you? I get joy out of just sitting around listening to the birds sing now. I get enjoyment out of watching my grandkids and great-grandkids play. Them great-grandkids, I laugh myself to death sometimes. And sometimes I laugh pretty hard just watching y'all. Y'all are comical at times. You know that, right? And y'all ain't drunk. Y'all ain't doped up. Neither am I. (laughs) But I get joy out of it. Why? Because of the change from light, the darkness is gone. When the light came on, you look at things different. Amen. I mean, when the light comes on, everything looks different. I mean, your children, your house, your job, yourself looks different. Hey, if it don't, you ain't saved. Right? Are you with me? Let's look at verse 28. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. (laughs) Are you with me? God's giving witness here, isn't he? You think about it. Jesus spoke and heaven answers. I mean, that's one-on-one relationship right there, ain't it? I've done a lot of talking to heaven. Ain't never really answered an audible voice. He has a spiritual voice, and I've heard it. Others has heard it. We felt the holy presence, but I have never audibly heard a heavenly voice just ring out that sounded like thunder. And if I ever do, I'll be flat in my face right there. Asphalt, grass, it don't matter. Why? Because that'll be a humbling experience when heaven begins to speak. Listen. God's witnessing that this is his son. He said, I was glorified and I'll glorify it again. You know what he's talking about? 
I was glorified when he was born. I'll be glorified when he's dying. And when he's dead and comes back, I'll glorify him that also. Are you with me? <laughs> hey, the word of God is a testament to that, isn't it? Are you with me? Say amen. I want to say this. A lot of us has heard the spiritual voice that we have not answered. And it sounds like thunder sometimes when he speaks to you as an individual. Am I telling the truth, church? Hey, it'll shake you. Now he's also said in this scripture, Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. You're going to be judged for every deed done in your body, whether good or evil. And at your very best, if you had been a Christian from the day you were born till the day you died, it'd still be filthy rags. Still be filthy rags. So we should never be able to get up on a high horse and a pedestal and say, look at me what I've done. But Jesus is perfect. The word of God proves that, attests to that. God's voice says that. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, didn't he? When he's being baptized by John. I mean, what better word could you get as a testimony to what kind of person this is? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Can God say that about you? You know the only time God didn't look at his son is when he turned his back so he could take my sins. Because he couldn't look upon sin. Now you think about that. The only time that the Trinity's ever been separated completely is when God turned his back on his own son for me Jesus said hey this voice ain't for me it's for you that you'll know these words are true that my actions are true listen <laughs> if God approves your works you'll hear what welcome thou good and faithful if God doesn't approve your works guess what you're going to hear Depart, I never knew you. Are you with me? Say amen. If we see the Savior is in our heart, then we have light in our heart. Say amen. Are you with me? Say amen. Verse 35, And Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. I want to look at this a little different way than this scripture is actually intending it. You know, Jesus only promised us one opportunity. He's been merciful and give us many. But he only promised us one opportunity. And he is saying, yet a little while the light is with you. Now what if you only had one opportunity and that was it? Could you say tonight you have already received that opportunity or you've missed it? Yet a little while the light is with you. 
just a little while. Now, hold on this second. If our life is three score and ten, that's not even one second in eternity. Right? He promised us three score and ten. And it, I mean, that's, that ain't even one second in eternity Amen. if the light be with you a little while. So how much time did the Holy Ghost turn the light on for you? Oh, we ain't getting it, are we? Maybe we will later. <laughs> the duration of the light, just a little while. That's what he said, wasn't it? Look what he said. Walk while you have the light. How I many has had a flashlight and it went dead about halfway through your journey? And you beat that thing and you wanted to throw it down through the woods and the whole time it was your fault because it laid in the drawer two years and you hadn't checked it or used it and then you want to blame the batteries, the flashlight, everybody but you, right? Why? You hadn't checked it. You hadn't used it. <laughs> and the light came into this world, and how many used it? The light came on. They saw the miracles. They have the book. But how many uses it? How many is walking in this light? Are you with me? Now listen, let me go back to a thing that was told me several years back. The Lord just brought it back through my mind. And I'm not smart enough to say this is true or it ain't. Somebody has sat down and calculated this out. Chris, this, this is up your and Dave's alley. And he said in his writing, half of the people that's ever been alive is alive right now. Can you see that? I mean, it started with one, right? Then there was two, three, four, then back to three, <laughs> right? And if you figure that out, it's very possibly true that half of the people that's ever been born is alive right now because of the population explosion. The billions around the world and that this, my little old mind couldn't comprehend all that all at once. And I got to dwelling and thinking on that. And if half of the people that's ever been born is alive right now, how many of that half is going to heaven? Right? Now let me give you some scripture and maybe you can calculate in your own mind. There was 10. They were all healed, but only one turned around. There was 10 virgins. Five was wise and five was foolish. The Bible said there's two in the field. One was taken, one was left. Right? Now think about it. We may be in a generation when very few are born again. Amen? I mean, the... God may just be waiting for the very last one. And he's going to say, go get my children. Wouldn't it be sad that if God came today 
How many souls would die and go to hell today? Does anybody know the population? Three billion, four billion, eight billion? All right. <laughs> Let's say 10% of that, 800 million. That still leaves 7 billion going to hell. Over 7 billion people would go to hell today if only 10% made it. Now, in my mind, the thinking 10% is a pretty good number right there. Because you think how many heathen countries we have that's worshiping other gods and has never mentioned the name of Jesus, but it's been mentioned to them, but they have chose different ways. Look in America, how far America has slipped from God and Jesus and gone to paganism, amen, and other gods. They've gone to whore after every kind of God in the world right now. The light's on, still on. But how many around that cross knew the light was right there before them? Now think about what I just said. And then think about this. How many, when he came back, 500 walked through the city that had been dead. Are you with me? He's on the seashore feeding them. Ain't that something? And the light dwelled among us. We beheld its glory. We knew it's the light. We just wouldn't receive it as the light. Are you with me? There in verse 35, he said, Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. And you know that helps me right there with lost folks because they don't know where they're going. They ain't got a Chinaman's clue of where they're going because they're walking in darkness. You ever walked in total darkness? I have. I mean, there was no light whatsoever. You couldn't see your hand right there. That dark. And you were feeling your way. And you were moving slow and cautious because you don't know what you're fixing to step on. You don't know what's around the next corner if there is a next corner. He's saying, you're walking in total darkness. You better begin to see the light, right? Verse 36, while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. This cause the light's on don't mean everybody's carrying it. <laughs> Let me help all of us and we'll go home in a minute. How many said, well, I don't need to take a flashlight? Four steps out of the house. My grandson right up here broke his arm the other day because he didn't have a light. And he laid his own obstacle in the way that day. There was a tire laying there, and he was cleaning out the flower bed, and he pulled it out on the sidewalk. He goes out that night in the dark to get something out of his car, Trips over the tire, breaks his arm right there. Had to have surgery to repair it. He'd have been better off had a little light, wouldn't he? 
Have you got any kind of light that's guiding you? Or are you walking in darkness? You know, one of the saddest things I have to think of as a pastor, that some folks that sit on a pew is going to go to hell anyhow. Some folks that's probably got the name on my role at this church may go to hell because they're not truly in the light. <laughs> Just because the light's present don't mean you'll use it. How I many's always said, well, that light was right there in the kitchen. I should have got it. I had one by the nightstand. How I many's ever stumped your toe in the middle of the night? Uh-huh. <laughs> You've heard of the light? You either possess the light or you don't possess it. You either believe in it or you don't believe in it. And if it's anything to you, it's got to be power. <laughs> I'm going to close with this. Don't you always feel more bolder if you have a light to show you what's ahead of you? Right? I mean, it takes away a fear factor, don't it? Ain't no boogers out there going to get me because I got a light. Right? I can see that light. I heard something. Right? Hey, y'all done it. I've done it. Walk out in the dark, something just rattle a little bit like the dog chain. My youngest son come tearing in the house one night, fell in the floor. Daddy, daddy, there's a black panther out there. It's going to get us. Well, I thought maybe there was something out there. So I get the gun, and here we go. I said, where is it, son? It's right there in them bushes, daddy. I walk up the path, and I shine the light in there. There lays the black dog with his tail wagging. I said, you want me to shoot him? No, Daddy, that's my dog. Five minutes ago, it was a black panther. I mean, he liked to bust his lungs getting to the house. Why? He didn't have the light. He didn't have the light. You know why a lot of folks are scared to go to a place called death? Because they don't have the light. Beardy sung it tonight where the light is always on. A place called heaven. Never been a dark day in heaven. You ever think of that? Never been a dark day in heaven. There ain't never been no power shortages. They're hollering that out west right now that this fires and stuff is fixing to get a bunch of the transformers and main line. They said several states will be affected. They said something tonight I did not know. They said the further that smoke travels in the air, the more toxic it becomes. I did not know that. They said it gathers particles as it goes through the air of toxins. So this smoke that we're breathing, y'all know that part of these clouds are smoke, right? Is more toxic than where it started. What are you bringing that in there for? You keep walking in the dark long enough, it becomes toxic. And death comes with it. Eternal death. Let us all stand. I want to ask you a question and 
I don't want you to take this lightly. I want you to take this very seriously. Somebody in your heart is walking in darkness. Would you bring their name to the altar tonight? I don't care if they go to church or not. They're walking in darkness. Bring their name to this altar. God sent this message for us not only to cry out for us that are in darkness, but for others that are in darkness. If they're to have any hope, they need somebody praying for them that God would turn the light on for them. And they'd see. They'd see that they are in darkness. Bring their name up here tonight and call it out to the Lord. Call out their name to God up here tonight. God, you turn the light on for them. Father, I thank you for the privilege to stand here tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that we keep our eyes upon you. We'll see the light, and the light will guide us in this path. Lord, there'll be no stumbling blocks, that, Lord, that we can't see because we've kept our eyes on you. So, Father, help us tonight. Help each one of us as we lift up a name to you, Father, that, Lord, may be walking in total darkness. God, send that light to them. Send it, God, in the sweet Holy Spirit of conviction that'll woo their heart, that they'll realize, Father, they are undone. Maybe it's a church member. Maybe, Lord God, it's a loved one or a co-worker, whoever it is, God. Send that sweet Holy Spirit to them, Father, the same one that let me realize I was in darkness and gave me opportunity to get out of darkness and the light through and by the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. God, there's many on my heart tonight. You know every one of them. I've cried their names out many times to you, Father. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the sweet Holy Spirit of conviction. Go to them again, I pray, and speak to them, Lord. God, we're concerned about their eternal soul. Help us, Lord, as a church to do just that. Be concerned about their eternal soul. So, Father, help us, Lord, to overlook the sinners. That, Lord, that we might not ever love the sin, but we will love that sinner. God, uh, help us never to accept the sin, but help us to accept the sinner. God, that we know they're in darkness. And help our light shine to them, Father. For we ask it tonight in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.